One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. Welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. If you are expecting Rick Morris, this is definitely not him, but you are in exactly the right place. This is Amanda Lefevre, and I am here with my co-host and great friend, Chrissy Kromzak. Hey, everybody. What's going on, Chrissy? We are so grateful to be here with you. We're filling in for Rick while he's in Philadelphia at PMI's Leadership Institute meeting. If you're in the area, give him a buzz. He'll be there until the 6th. We have an awesome show planned today. Chrissy and I were on last week. If you missed it, the download is up and available. In that show, we talked a little about how we see ourselves versus how other people see us and the importance of the people you surround yourself with. I don't know if our listeners have ever struggled with this, but I definitely feel out of alignment sometimes when it comes to how people perceive me and my life versus what I feel like is reality. And I know I shared some things about myself that I hadn't planned to share. Are you feeling the same way, Chrissy? Oh my gosh, yeah. So I I listened back last week to the show and it's so funny because you always hear things that other people don't hear, right? Because we kind of talked about some of that, right, Amanda? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you picked out things I didn't notice about you and I picked out (laughs) things you didn't notice about me and it's so funny, so how that works, but it's all about perspective at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And kind of, you know, we are our own worst critics, it seems like. So it's kind of crazy. That's so true. So maybe we should talk today a little bit about perspective, because really, that's our point of view. And it's the way that we explain things to ourselves, right? Yeah, that sounds good to me. I'm, I'm all about talking about perspective. <laughs> awesome. And it's, it's funny because actually um, on Memorial Day weekend, I had gotten into this little accident with my horse and I ended up with a black eye. So I was talking about this a little bit on a Facebook post that I had written. And I talked about how, you know, nothing really it's ever good or bad or positive or negative until we actually relate it to something else. And in the process of relating it to something else, it takes place only in our minds and nowhere else. Mm, mm-hmm. So, Gosh. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so the only thing that we have complete control over in the whole entire universe is, is our mind. Mm. So we're the only ones that are able to choose how re- we respond to things. That's true. Yeah. So that's what I was talking about when, when I had written up that post about perspective, because everybody's like, how can you be happy that you got a black eye? I'm like, well, that's how you look at it. Right. I mean, everything else was okay with me. My, I, I could have got hurt. My horse could have got hurt. There could have been things that could have been so much worse. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, everything was fine. And it was just the way that I had looked at it. But going back to, you know, how we see ourselves, I think it's so funny because we always talk about how wonderful each other is. And then we're like, what are you talking about? We don't, <laughs> you don't see that. I don't see that. <laughs> That's true. Like I didn't, I don't feel that way about myself. Weren't you telling me about a story when you went to your daughter's school? Tell, tell that story. Oh yes. Okay. So yesterday my daughter's director, she's in a preschool. She walked up to me and she said, when are you going to be a substitute teacher? And I kind of like, stopped and I looked around and 
because I didn't really think she was talking to me, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I have like tiny humans, right? But uh, wrangling 13 two-year-olds, I don't know, is one of my my gifts. So I kind of looked around and she's like, yeah, like, can you be a substitute teacher? And I said, if you guys really need some. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? yeah, afterwards, I just, I walked away feeling a little weird like I did not see that coming at all <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny so she yeah. clearly saw something in you that you didn't see right I guess so maybe maybe I'd be great at wrangling toddlers <laughs> we'll see whenever she calls <laughs> are you actually gonna consider out. it I guess I don't know <laughs> I don't know we'll have to we'll have to see Cross that bridge when it comes, right? Yes, exactly. Maybe like a last minute resort type of situation if I'm in town and all of the stars align. But you're going to wait until they're in desperate need. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> and they'll force you right into it. That's usually how it works, I think, with uh, volunteering at school and, and, well, and activities. It's like the sh It's like the show, right? Because we said to Rick, too, we're like, well, we don't know. And he's like, well, you're going to do it. And we're like, okay, well, here we are. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's like, okay, so next week it's time for you to be on the show. And then right. you're going to host the following week after. So we're jumping <laughs> in. We're jumping into exciting new adventures all the time. So, And what he says is just borrow his belief in us, right? Ah, yes. Or, no, borrow my belief in you, he says. Mm-hmm. I you love can that. Do it. Yeah, because even I don't know. I feel like I get deep in my feelings sometimes about what I'm capable of, and I don't know what I can accomplish. I know this week we had I had a really hard conversation with one of my team members where she was feeling overwhelmed and um, burnout, and it it was really hard when I finally walked away to not feel responsible for, for the way she was feeling and the things that were coming at her and her workload. And it, it took a toll on, I think my leadership confidence, but I'm trying really hard not to mm, doubt myself as much. I feel like I've made some good decisions in the moment and the best decisions for her. So it kind of, I don't know, those things can be really tough. Those hard conversations with people when you almost take on whatever has been happening and re feel responsible for the outcome. So I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that before. Yeah. Well, that self, that self doubt, it's so hard to see that like somebody that is as confident as you could have self-doubt. And here's where I realized that that can be a thing. So I teach lessons for children about five to eight years old, and mm -hmm. I, we do horse lessons. And sometimes they're scared, and sometimes they don't want to do things because of fear. And I just tell them, I'm like, well, you have to just do it because you're never going to be better until you just do it. So just go. You're good. <laughs> and then I don't take that same advice and apply it to my own life, right? Yes. <laughs> we never know what's on the other side of that fear. You have to just do it in order to know if it's going to be good or bad for you. 
So these kids are never going to know if it's something that they like until they actually try that. So yeah. it's hard to get over that self-doubt. You know, you have to really embrace the things that suck, uh, <laughs> to, put, <laughs> to put it lightly. But um, I, I don't know. That's just like we can – we have no – sometimes we just have no confidence in ourselves that we can do it. But when you actually do it and you look back, it's so nice to see that you've went over that hurdle, really. Yeah. And that being uncomfortable is kind of part of it that yes. you, there is that moment of fear and there's going to be some uncomfortable feelings. And once you move past it, you're going to learn from it or grow from it. And it's, it's really hard to put ourselves in those situations. At least I know it has been for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And those are our biggest moments of growth. I feel like looking back, everything that was the biggest successes for me was when I went through the hardest times, mm -hmm. you know, and those yeah. were my biggest, biggest growth spots. Yeah. It reminds me, I went uh, to a leadership conference back in January. I had just been voted in as the new executive vice president at the junior league. And I don't say that to be boastful or anything. I say it because I'm, I was really nervous about the position and it's been a really great year, but it's a challenging and demanding position. So when the opportunity came up to go to New Orleans and gain some insight and learn more about the inner workings of the organization and the association, I was all for it. And so I flew to New Orleans by myself. I was the only one from the league that could attend. And it didn't really hit me until the first day of the conference that I was there alone. I didn't know anybody, but I knew there was over 400 plus women there attending and they were all in leadership positions. And typically the women in these roles are very influential in their communities. And I started to feel very uncomfortable and inadequate in that knowledge. And I had my notebook and my purse and it was the first day and I was trying to walk out the door, but I couldn't. I was just like planted in that tiny hallway in the hotel room, staring at the emergency exit sign, like unable to leave the room. And this huge flood of anxiety ran through my body and it just took over. And I caught myself saying in my head, like, who do you think you are? These women are all better than you. You don't deserve to be here. And I was getting in this really bad headspace and I normally travel with Travis, my husband. And so I called him and he excitedly said, how's it going? <laughs> and I said, uh, it's not going. Like, I don't want to go. I'm not going. He's like, are you okay? This is what you wanted. And I, I told him, I don't think I can do this. And he said, you can do this. You just need a plan. I was like, a plan? What does, what does that even mean, a plan? He's so sweet. And he, he laid it out for me. And he's like, okay, you're going to walk out of the room and you're going to go downstairs and find the first person sitting on their own. You're going to sit next to them and say, hi, I'm Amanda, and smile. And I was like, that is a terrible plan. I am not doing that. Yes. <laughs> he said, you can do this. Like if they shun you or laugh at you or it doesn't work out, then come back up to your room and watch Netflix, which is what you really want to do anyway. But at least try. Like what do you have to lose? And I remember I was quiet for a minute and finally I said, fine. 
okay, like I'll do it, but I'm getting room service if this whole thing goes <laughs> sideways, right? So was that the backup plan? <laughs> that was that was my backup plan. So I, we got off the phone, I grabbed my stuff and I went downstairs and I found the first person that was sitting alone and I sat down and I said, hi, I'm Amanda, nice to meet you. And I smiled and it was really awkward because it was kind of robotic how I said it. And to my delight, this beautiful petite brunette with brown eyes smiled back and she said, hi, I'm Christina. It's so nice to meet you. Where are you from? And from there we were off. Like we chatted for 45 minutes and later she introduced me to some of her friends and suddenly I didn't feel so alone. And after that, I feel like the conference flew by. I met some great friends and we celebrated with tornadoes. And one of the ladies even got us a private tour at Antoine's, which is, yeah, the oldest family owned restaurant still in the US. It was really cool. And it ended up being just an incredibly beneficial experience and fun. Like it was really fun because of the people that I met. And none of that would have happened had I stayed in my room. And I've kind of realized that And I've told myself this many times since being a people person, like a connector is about going first or not Mm. waiting for others to come to you at least. And I think when I'm in those situations now, I tell myself it's five seconds, five seconds of vulnerability of saying, hi, I'm Amanda. Nice to meet you and smiling or holding out my hand. And I still, I still feel uncomfortable. I don't know if you do in those in like networking situations or any of those, but I've done it so many times since. And every time has been a positive experience. Nobody has ever laughed at me. No one has ever ignored me. And they were probably happy yeah. that you did it. <laughs> right. And they You're didn't like, oh, have thank to. Goodness, she did it first. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it's always worked out well. And so I don't know if any of the listeners have ever struggled with that, like that moment of fear. It's it's five seconds, right? Yeah. Like, do it anyway. Just get on the horse it. and go. <laughs> <laughs> Just go. Yeah. Five seconds and you're good. So Anyway, I just, I don't felt compelled to share that story. And uh, I'm sure that you've experienced some of those. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more after we get back after the break. You are listening to the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. 
To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the work-life balance. Welcome back. This is Amanda Lefevre and Chrissy Kromzak. We are so excited to be here with you. We were talking a little bit about uncomfortable situations before the break. And, you know, to be honest, I'm really curious because I know that Chrissy is a barrel racer. You guys, she is a barrel racer. She is, aren't you a racing champion? Like a two to three time racing champion? Yeah, three-time champ. It's just a local thing, so it's not crazy, but we are in the WPRA, which is the Women's Professional Rodeo Association, um, as of last year, and we've been doing really well. Uh, It's so much fun. Definitely, uh, you need to overcome some fears for that, for sure. You're racing against the, the best of the best sometimes, and I change all of my feelings of fear into feelings of um uh, you know, excitement. Mm. And that's what I use to, to, you know, win or try to win anyway, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) ball all of that energy up and use it, (laughs) use it to think about number one. But it's so funny because Amanda wants me to talk about a story since she talked about being vulnerable. She wanted me to come up with a story and we were talking about this on break. And I said, well, I don't know if I have one just off the cuff like that, but here's the funny thing. So you're bringing up barrel racing. And for me, I've been doing it for so long. I've been riding my whole entire life. Um, it's not scary for me anymore. And I've fallen off so many times. And actually, I do have a good story about that. Um, but what was the most scary for me, the most recent thing that we've been doing, is this show. And Rick's uh-huh. like, Chrissy, just do it. You're fine. You just have to be yourself. So I think that's why I didn't have any stories planned for for you, you dear audience, because it's just best. It's just best for me to, you know, to tell you as it comes. Um, but here's so here's the funny story about falling off. So last night, my son, my both my sons decided that they were going to hop on their horses bareback in the barn with no bridles. So basically, they were on the horses with no saddles and no tack, nothing. And they're kicking them all over the barn and walking all over into the stalls and stuff like that. So we have one of the old horses. His name is Gallagher, the poor thing. Well, he got a little ornery and he started to kick up some. And of course, my four-year-old's on him and he's very tall. So he fell off and bumped his head on this, on one of the stalls. And, you know, he was crying because obviously it was a scary moment. But he's like, Mom, that was the first time I fell off. And he thought he did something so wrong. And I said, Nate, you know, I've fallen off so many times. I can't even tell you how many times I've fallen off. But you just got to get up and you got to get back on again. Mm. So it was that was just last night. And I did feel like a bad mom. He, no. He probably should have had a saddle, bridle, helmet, and all those things. <laughs> But, you know, we were just having fun. And at the end of the day, he had, like, you know, looking today into tomorrow. I mean, yesterday, I'm sorry. He he, he, was, he had a good time, and he, he was glad that he had gotten on his horse. So it was just a little bump in the road for the <laughs> Bump on the head, bump in the road. I think it's so cool that you do that with your boys. 
Oh, yeah. Well, they don't always want to do that with me. They only want to do it when it's inconvenient for them. I mean, for me, <laughs> or if somebody else wants to ride their horses, then then they want to do it, you know? Nice. So I have to ask, because when I was younger, uh, some of my cousins and I would always go to the Hooper Days Rodeo. And I have a really big extended family. We have about 20 cousins and we would go and watch my older cousin's bull ride. And when I was five, for some odd reason, I need to ask my mother about this, in fact, because they decided it was a good idea to enter a few of us into the mutton busting contest. Oh, yeah. That's so fun. <laughs> yes. Now, if you don't know what mutton busting is, let me tell you. They put your tiny body on top of a sheep and give you a strap to hold on to, open the gate, <laughs> smack the sheep on the tail end, and send you out to see how long you can stay upright. Is that right, Chrissy? Yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. So we did that, too, when we were younger, and it was so much fun. My son actually did that last year. He was the uh -huh. one that held on the longest to the sheep. So nice. Yeah, so sometimes, though, you get sheep that have been, like, sheared already, so there's no uh -huh. hair to hold on to. Ah, uh, that must have happened to me because I came out with, like, a really fast sheep. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. it was going quick. And I could see my mom and my aunts in the bleachers. They were standing up and cheering. And I had this big smile on my face. And I started to like slip to the left, but I was still holding on. <laughs> and I was like clenching my thighs together. But eventually like gravity took over and I was still smiling as I went face first into a fresh cow pie. Awesome. Giant cow poop, whatever, manure, whatever you want to call it. And it was all in my teeth and it was awful and disgusting. Are you kidding me? No. And I still remember my mom what? gave me like her can of tab soda. This was the early 90s. So I was washing my mouth out with tab, oh. with like <laughs> tab soda. And I, whenever I think about barrel racing, I always think about that because that's hilarious. I don't know. Yeah, that's how I feel sometimes <laughs> in life too. Like I'm riding a sheep and I'm excited and I'm trying something new and then I just fall face first into a big pile of poop. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like it's going to be a continual theme on, on Rick's show and in Chrissy. <laughs> Remember, remember he talked about how he stepped in dog poop last week? That's this, true. This week you, you're talking about how you went face first into a pile. Well, what's next week? Oh, I, I everybody's going to have to pay attention. It's so exciting around here, all these things. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so funny that they still are doing that. I didn't realize that they still had it around in the rodeos. Kids yeah. riding the sheep. Is it so called mutton busting? Is that what sure it's is. called? Yeah. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> Did your older son do it too? Yeah, my older son was the one that held on the longest. I think. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying me. Oh, okay. No, Jake, Jake held on the longest, and then uh -huh. I think a little guy chickened out. But Jake's all ready to do it again. Is he? Yeah. Did you ever go back and do it again, or you had enough? I don't think that I did after I got oh. a mouthful of poop. Well, how are we supposed to use you as a story? Well, you got over your fear, you went on the sheep, and then you never went back again. I'm going to have to ask my mom. I'll have to confirm because maybe I did do it, but the most memorable thing was, was, the, face was the face plant. So awesome. that was good times either way. Okay, we got a little bit off track there. Sorry, friends. I know we did, but that's all right. We're going to get back. Um, we're going to go to a, I think we're going to a quick break. Maybe we're not. No, we're still in it, Chrissy. So you get to tell us a little bit about barrel racing.
You want me to tell you more about barrel? Art? I do. I really would like to know because it's got to be know? pretty. It's got to be pretty intense. So, do you have like a process, or what do you do the day of that? You, how do you harness all this energy and turn it into excitement versus fear? Okay. Well, lots of coffee is involved. So <laughs> caffeine helps. Sometimes I'm drinking coffee at, you know, nine o'clock at night if I'm in slack. And what that means is usually they only put a handful of us in the rodeo. So like 10 or 12 girls are entered into the rodeo and then everybody mm -hmm. who's left over has to run in what's called slack. So the rodeo ends and then after that, they have all the leftover people run. So you're still running against the people in the rodeo, but they just don't have you know, all these barrel racers running one after the other because the rodeo would get boring. And mm -hmm. they have to drag the arena and nobody wants to watch a tractor go around and around. Mm. So sometimes we're racing at 11, 12 o'clock at night and you don't get home until 1, 2 o'clock in the morning depending on um, where you're driving from mm -hmm. and two. So anyway, so I lots of caffeine honestly is what gets me through it. I, I listen to a lot of motivational speaking anyway so sometimes I just have to crank up the volume on the radio and get that going in my headphones uh, but really there's besides just getting myself there and my horse there there's not really too much prep day of it's all all ahead of time when you have to to do those fun things like running in the fields and um, you know that that type of thing so so that's fun. We have, uh, you know, a couple hundred acres across the street from us and I take the mm -hmm. horse out and I go as fast as I can, as far as I can. And that's scary. Yeah, that does <laughs> I just pray that sometime he'll stop, you know, and I always have to make sure there's a hill in front of me somewhere so that I can just run up the hill because <laughs> I'll, I'll peter out after that. <laughs> <laughs> Helpful. Slow him down that way. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. All right. Well, we are getting ready to head to a break right now. You are listening to the Work-Life Balance show. We'll see you in a minute. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. Welcome back. You are live with Amanda Lefevre and Chrissy Kromzak. We're so happy to be here. Before the break, we were talking about barrel racing, which is very exciting, and uh, mutton busting. I don't know if you learned something new about that, but that's always fun. And uh, right now, we're going to talk a little bit more about some uncomfortable situations and uh, some self-doubt, maybe. And during the break, Chrissy and I were going back and forth about what story to share. And I had said something that maybe I would tell the mother-in-law story. And I don't know, Chrissy, do you think I really should share it with people? Yeah, because I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I so, love mother-in-law stories. You do? Okay, yeah. I'm going to struggle. It's pro- probably not the typical mother-in-law story, but I'm, I'm going to struggle to remember this because we just like, started going back and forth and popped in my head, but it's a fun story about the first time I met my mother-in-law. And Travis's mom, Arlene, worked for a children's home in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. And every year they throw a massive bluegrass concert as their main fundraising event. And Travis asked me to go with him and meet his mom. And we drove to the event. I was doing all the necessary detective work and asking a lot of (laughs) questions, right? (laughs) And I found out based on this detective work and and some other things that she's a very conservative accountant, devoted Southern Baptist woman. I respect her. I love her very much, but I'm from the wild, wild West. I grew up in Utah, independent free spirit. So we had very different personality styles. And at some point on the way up there, uh, I figured out that Travis's mom was handling all the money. And I was like, okay, uh, I, I can talk numbers with his mom. I'm an entrepreneur. I know a few things about spreadsheets and cash flow, right? Like that's how we can connect. And we make it up there in record time. We set up our lawn chairs under this ginormous white tent. Banjos are playing and we sit down to chat with his mom and I'm sitting in the middle and Arlene was super sweet. And we quickly started talking numbers and pretty soon her body language was shifting and she uncrossed her arms and then her legs. And eventually she was leaning forward. And in my head, I was like, this is going so great, right? Like I even made her laugh, Chrissy. <laughs> and I was like, this is wonderful. Day one. Yes. And Winning. then, yeah. And then though, and then I did it. I said, how much money do you make? And her eyes got really wide and she crossed her arms and I knew, I knew I had ruined it. And she very sweetly said, she's like, well, that is private information. Please excuse me. And she got up and walked away. And I felt, I know, and I felt terrible. And Travis was completely oblivious. And so I started like smacking him on the arm, right? I'm like do you know what just happened, right? He's shaking his head back and forth. And he's like, you should have never asked her that. Like, why would you ask her that? Hey, so, some people answer the question. I've asked and people, really? some people answer the question. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I did not know that. I've never asked that before. I thought it was like one of those questions that you just do not ask anyone ever. And so I, I so felt- So you haven't like, asked anybody ever since then? No. 
never, <laughs> never. <laughs> and, and I just stood in my seat, right? Like I didn't know what to do. And I kept replaying the conversation. And eventually his mom came back and asked like if we wanted to go get some food. And so we hopped up and as we were walking over, I couldn't take it anymore, Chrissy. Like I just, I jumped <laughs> in front of them and they both stopped. And I said, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have asked you that question earlier. And, and she smiled and laughed and she said, it's okay, but I'm still not telling you how much money I make. <laughs> I like, I'm going to be like, damn, that was my last ditch effort there. <laughs> <laughs> I was really curious. <laughs> I definitely like learned a very important lesson that day. I feel like you don't, don't ask your future hopes to be mother-in-law how much money she makes. I don't oh. know. Well, Did you, you ever ask your mother-in-law? No, my mother-in-law is a stay-at-home mom still to this day. I love uh-huh. her pieces. She does hair out of her house. And it's so funny about the mother-in-law story. So I was working at this um, uh, bigger retailer. And mm-hmm. we, we, we worked in a pharmacy with about, I don't know, there was probably five or six of us in there at the time. And all girls, everybody was complaining about their mother-in-law. And I, there's me all quiet on the computer. And obviously, I'm like, well, usually one of the loudest ones. Really, Chrissy, how come you're not talking about your mother-in-law? I'm like, well, I think my mother-in-law might like me more than her own son. So I don't have (laughs) anything bad to say. (laughs) We've always gotten along so well. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she's the best. We're a lot alike, me and her. Does she live close? She does. She lives 10 minutes down the road and she's taking me to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra in December. (gasps) Me and the boys. My husband doesn't even want to go. So she's going to take me and the boys just to give you an idea of how much she loves me. Yeah, that'll (laughs) be fun though. I've never seen them before. Oh, you got to go see them. They're amazing. You've seen a great show. Yeah, we go every year. Nice. Yeah, it's so much fun. That's awesome. Okay, so we started talking about perspective a little bit when we uh, started out. Do you feel like your perspective has kind of shifted at all this year or, you know, since joining, I know for me, at least since joining the John Maxwell team, I've had a huge perspective shift. Um, Do you feel like you've experienced that at all, Chrissy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing how different that you can look at yourself, especially when you have such supportive people around you, you know, and we I talked about this a couple times last week. But, you know, when I have people in my corner, like you and like Rick, that are always supporting and encouraging and challenging me, you definitely look at yourself different, especially when you know, you're saying, Oh, Chrissy, you look like you have all this confidence. And I don't feel like that at all. It Mm -hmm. makes you want to reevaluate, right? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely I've had some, I'm tons of shifts, especially in this past year. It's been amazing. And I think going back to how you had mentioned like the people around you and just having that positive influence, you know, there was a time when London was first born. I lost a lot of my friends whenever I became a mom. It was almost like I didn't fit into that group anymore. I wasn't able to go out or my, my priorities changed, my life kind of changed. And I found eventually like this group of moms that would get together, they'd have play dates and they would, you know, go back and forth. They'd schedule mom's night out. And, and I, I was so excited to be plugged in to, to this network of people and, I quickly learned through like some crazy things. We ended up on a group chat and 
that they were really negative and they were constantly talking bad about other people or about the other moms. And it just made me question if you're talking about them, are you talking about me too? <laughs> situation. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel myself become very insecure about a mom and my parenting because they were constantly talking about the way that the other moms were parenting or their lives or their husbands or whatever it was. And, and I felt those emotions seep almost, I feel like into my soul. That seems a little extreme, but it was so contagious. And I think that it really depends, or at least it makes a huge difference who you surround yourself with. And so whenever you say that, like it always brings me back to what I've seen as an opposite, because you become who you surround yourself with. You be you become what you consume. And so if you're in a slump or living like in this negative headspace and I don't know, I feel like you really have to take a hard look at who you're surrounding yourself with because that's where I was at and kind of what I was consuming to realize why there was this drama and why there was, I don't know, all these negative feelings that I didn't have before that. Yeah. So. And it's really hard to see your situation when you're in the picture until you step out of the frame or have somebody else that's looking in and telling you that, you know, you're in a bad spot or you're in a good spot. You, mm -hmm. It's really hard for you to see all of that. Yeah, it really is because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. She I know. Knows. <laughs> I know. It is hard to see because you get in your own head. You get in your own way. At least I know that I do. Um, I'm sh I've heard other people say that they struggle with this and some of the clients that I've worked with in the past that you get in your own way really yeah. is what it, what it comes down to. And, it and it's easy to listen to other people, you mm -hmm. know. And one of, the, one of my favorite sayings is hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And so when you're around negativity like that, it's because those people, they don't really feel that great about themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I came to realize too. And that's why when people are nasty or negative or whatever they want to be, that's their problem. And yeah. I don't need to have them in my life if that's how they're going to be. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because we had talked about this really briefly and if you listened to the show last week, you would have noticed that I'm the loud one and Amanda's the calm, <laughs> cool one. So we That's were talking about we, we were talking about getting people out of our lives. And she's like, yeah, so, you know, I just I realized I had to remove them from my life. I'm like, you mean like just cut them off, get them out, kick them to the curb? <laughs> so that's the difference between me and Amanda. <laughs> she's going to calm me down, though, and I'm just going to kick her in the butt here and there when she needs it. <laughs> Tell me to kick them to the curb. Right, kick them to the curb. You don't need them. Bye-bye, Felicia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> On that note, though, I think that we have a break coming up, don't we? We sure do. So this is the Work-Life Balance. You are talking with Amanda Lefevre and Chrissy Kromzak. We'll be back in just a minute.
Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. Welcome back. This is Amanda LaFever here with Chrissy Kromzak. Hey, hey. We're so excited. This has been tons of fun. We're in our last segment, you guys. I can't believe it. I hope you flew by. It really did. I hope you've uh, learned some things, maybe laughed a little at some of our crazy life stories. Before the break, we were talking about uh, toxic people and kind of toxic environments and how important it is to surround yourself with positive influences and people. And this goes for not just the people, but the, the media and the books, everything that you're consuming can really impact your life and your outlook for sure. And uh, so we're going to roll into this last segment. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be a good time. I don't know if we're going to stay on this toxic people subject, but go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, well, talking about, you know, the people that you surround yourself with, Um, I was talking about that with a couple of my friends because I'm doing an event coming up next week called Live to Lead, which is hosted by the John Maxwell Mm -hmm. team. And that's actually just happens to be five wonderful speakers, world renowned, awesome, amazing speakers. And if you have the opportunity to attend a Live to Lead, it's live and then the number two lead event in your area, you have to go. This is the best of the best speakers. John Maxwell speaking with Angela Arends, Rachel Hollis, who they call the female Tony Robbins, um, Chris Hogan, and Marcus Buckingham. And man, you want to pivot in your life. That's where you got to be. Got to be in the room. Absolutely. There's nothing like being in the room. I actually went to a Live to Lead last year and it was incredible. The speakers were awesome. I'm a huge Rachel Hollis fan, (laughs) to be honest, John Maxwell fan, Chris Hogan. They're all going to be so good. And there were people last year that I didn't know 
I didn't know them or I hadn't heard of them, but it was incredible. So many insights, lots of practical tips, application. So I would definitely listen to what Chrissy says, especially where are you? You're going to be in, you're in Albany. Is that yeah. right? For right you to live to lead? Yeah, right outside of Albany, New York, we have we are hosting Live to Lead Capital District at June Farms up here in beautiful West Sand Lake. And it's going to be amazing. I mean, I cannot wait for this event to pop off. So seven more days and counting and, you know, it's going to be exciting. But the funny thing is, you know, once you hear these speakers, you're going to want to just keep growing and growing after you hear their influence on you. And that's what happened with me. I heard John, I, I read a book, and ever since then I've never stopped listening to and, and reading what John has to say because he's amazing. He has hundreds of books, millions of copies sold. I mean, it's just amazing what he can do. So if you want to get into a growth uh, you know, um, culture dish, what am I trying incubator. To say? Incubator. <laughs> Petri dish. You, you want to hang around people that are growing and you want to be in the fire. Oh, this is the this is a great start for that. Like-minded. Absolutely. Okay. I didn't I hadn't gone, I've gone to professional development conferences and usually they were with like associations and so it was very technical information. But the last couple of years, Travis and I have been attending more personal development and professional development as far as gaining new skills and knowledge. And it's just been crazy to see how it has touched so many different aspects of our lives and our relationships and our business. And so if like, if you're on the edge of wondering or just want to know, being in the room, it, it, nothing compares. I don't mm -hmm. feel like nothing compares to actually being in the room. So, so true. And, and what you feed your conscious mind, that feeds your subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I talk about this too with my friends, how, you know, say you're planning for a wedding um, and, you know, you're looking at wedding magazines and all of a sudden you see everybody's getting married and you see wedding this and wedding that, or you're getting a new car and you got this cherry red sports car, certain brand. And then everywhere you see, everybody has this car all of a sudden, just because you put that into your conscious mind. So your subconscious finds those opportunities. So if you say, for example, that that red sports car is so important, then it's important. And so we have to think about how that same thing can work to our advantage, right? So what about mm -hmm. tuning into success or yes. tuning into our goals or into our dreams? Wouldn't it be nice mm -hmm. if our subconscious mind was presenting opportunities to our conscious minds? Yeah. Rather than just filtering it out. So it's, that is worth th thinking about in itself to me. You know, and is it possible that the people that we enjoy, that we see enjoying success are, are seeing things that we don't see? Ah, yes. That's always right. a the, good the, question. The things are always there, but we just don't see them. That's true. All right. So, Chrissy, you got to tell us, how can we find you on the on the on the line on the interwebs <laughs> oh, man. I really need to work on this because Facebook's my go-to place so I can be found on Facebook Chrissy Kromzak I do have a business page Chrissy Kromzak um, and then LinkedIn Chrissy Kromzak and if anybody needs to know how to spell my name get a pay get a paper and a pen 
and have about five minutes of time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Chrissy, <laughs> Chrissy, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y. And Chromezack is C-H-R-O-M, like Mary. And then C-Z-A-K, Chrissy Chromezack. Nice. All right. So I, Amanda Lefevre, uh, Instagram is my social media of choice, but I also frequent the Facebook as well. So you can find me on either one of those things. I'm also on Amanda and Travis. That's our website. But we're going to be back next week, you guys. Can you believe it? Next week, Chrissy, I'm excited. Yeah. So if there's anything that you guys want to hear us talk about or reference to, let us know. Reach out to Rick. Send him email. You guys have the phone number. Um, get in touch. Let, it, let him know how we're doing, too, even if we're doing bad. He won't tell us anyway, but we want to know. So just let us know how you think that we're doing. If there's anything that we could do to add value to you, that's why we're here. We really do want to be two of your five most important people. So please let us know. We like yes. feedback. Okay. So I got to share. I have like one last story before I get out of this because ugh, you guys, it happened a couple of weeks ago and it was kind of crazy. My husband and I were at this rotary event. I know we're talking about personal develop, professional development, all those things. So we're at this rotary event, like it's networking. And I just finished chatting with a nice lady. And as she walked away, I looked up for my drink and I locked eyes with a gentleman across the room and he kind of leaned in and he squinted his eyes like he was honing in on a target. And then he made a beeline straight for me. And as he was approaching, he was putting his hand in his jacket pocket and pulling out his business card. And in my head, I was like, oh no, right? Like not me. I was looking around. Is it me? Oh man. Like it was totally me. And I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. And sure enough, he walked up and said, hi, my name's Tom. And he shoved a business card in my hands and said, I can tell by the way you're dressed that you need a new car. And I was like, what? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then he rattled off 15 reasons why I needed a new Nissan, which I mean, that's all fine and great, but there was like no connecting going on between us, no relating or increasing of influence. And I don't know about you guys, but those types of situations... I feel like people are just slinging cards at me like a blackjack dealer, right? Like they're just trying to oh, yeah. get their card in your hand. And I have to say that all of the events that I've been to, all the personal development, all the professional, all the ones with the John Maxwell team and John Maxwell, it was not like that. And I don't think that if you do decide to go to a live to lead, that you'll experience anything like that either. It's more... Uh, meeting new friends and uh, getting around like-minded people. And I don't know, what do you think, Chrissy? Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. So moral of the story is don't be a Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on the John Maxwell team, guys, we're just people of value that want to add value to people. So everybody is there to give back everything that they've been soaking up. And it's amazing to see that we get in the room twice a year with thousands of people and it's amazing so join us on the john maxwell team and come to come to live to lead <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that is it for us you guys thank you so much for trusting us with your time thank you so much for being a part of this community we'll be back next week with another great episode of the work-life balance leave us feedback please <laughs> we love you all thanks for listening
Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.